What's going on? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It is heard live every day from noon to three on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content like invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with all the links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And again, thank you so much for your support. I'm curious, who has the coolest dog in Charlotte? Do we even know? How would we go about finding out? Well, I've got two guests in studio with me. They're going to help us do that. We've got uh, Mike Griffith and Mark Peppelman, both from the Kiwanis Club of Charlotte. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you? Great to be here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Absolutely. So uh, let's start with Mike. You are the president of uh, the Charlotte Kiwanis Club. That's correct. All right. So first off, for people who don't know, uh, what's a Kiwanis? What's a Kiwanis Club? Well, a Kiwanis Club is a service organization. And we're part of a worldwide group. Uh, there are approximately 7,500 uh, Kiwanis clubs in the world, uh, approximately 600,000 members. So our club is one of those uh, organizations. Our club was founded in 1919, so we still operate today, very vibrant club, and have a number of fundraising activities and activities helping kids in our local community. And this coolest dog contest is this uh, new idea that Mark uh, has brought with us to us, and we're really excited uh, with this prospect. This is a super fun event, and we think everybody involved is going to have a lot of fun doing it. So the the what the national or is it international? You international. said worldwide. So uh, yeah. the, what the it started up in 1910. It started in 1915. 1915 in Detroit, Michigan. Okay, and quickly spread to Canada, and you know through. The years mm-hmm. it uh, has spread. It's in 80 countries approximately now. So the Charlotte chapter has been around since 1919, but the the international order has been around for like four years prior to that. That's correct. Okay. That's correct. So uh, how many folks you got in the Charlotte chapter now? Do you know? We've, we've got about 50 members in mm-hmm. our Charlotte chapter. Uh, there are other Kiwanis clubs in North Carolina. There's others in our general area here, but uh, we're, you know, we have a vibrant group. Uh, we have some of the, what we call the young professional group that meet. And then we have our club, which is, uh, you know, sort of the middle-aged and, and older, you know, category that meet through our group. But mm-hmm. we, uh, we do a lot of service work in Charlotte, and we're uh, really excited to be here and be doing this promotion. Oh, sure. So um, what other things? We're going to get to the coolest dog, because I know, like, that's what Mark is here. The, and I did not know it was so brand new, but... Um, so what are some of the, the other projects, these service projects that the Kiwanis Club does? We, uh, we are involved. We have member engagement in a number of different areas. Uh, one of those is we're in working with the school system in programs such as Terrific Kids programs is with that, several those elementary the, kids. I'm sorry, are those the bumper stickers that I see That's everywhere? Correct. Okay. And, and Terrific Kids is an opportunity for teachers to recognize children that uh, have done something well for that particular month. So it sort of spreads out the recognition for kids that may not normally get identified for recognition, and they are focusing on a core value each month, like perseverance was the core value the last month. So they'll select, each classroom will select a couple of kids, and they'll get recognized, they'll get a certificate, Uh, they may have a pizza party at lunch, you know, those things of encouragement. And that's all run by or through the Kiwanis? Well, the Kiwanis helps sponsor and participate with that, but we have to have the volunteer school that's willing to work through that program as well. Gotcha. Okay, what else? So we also have a program uh, where, you know, at high school levels, we've all heard of key clubs, Mm -hmm. you know, which were a service organization for kids in high school. So we have 
four key clubs that we're involved in sponsoring and, and providing mentorship to. Uh, in addition to that, we have one of the schools that we have a program called Kiwanis Reads, which is... I think a, I know what that's about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, you know, focuses on books and us being involved in helping reinforce the reading, uh, the positive aspects of reading to these kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, then from there, we have some other events that we've normally done that uh, evolve, for example, we provide scholarships for kids to go to Camp Greer which is summer camp in the mountains of North Carolina. We help with the Salvation Army. You know, there's another great organization. Great organization. There's aspects of kids being behind the scenes that are involved with the parents that may be going through that program. Mm -hmm. So we help, you know, in that aspect, uh, helping the kids associated with that. And then we also have a number of other organizations we support. Some in particular are after-school programs that uh, are for kids, in many cases, that have challenging situations. So this after-school program helps them with a snack. It, they have a program. There's some reinforcement with homework, mentors to help them do their homework. So a lot of good things that come out of our program. So really, even at the club president, till you start sitting down and putting down all the different things you do, it's uh, sort of eye-opening to say, hey, we're really doing a lot here. And it just sort of runs on autopilot. You, you left out the barbecue. i got to admit, I asked all of those questions just to get to the barbecue question. Correct. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's in terms of our traditional ways we raise money to support all these activities. We have a couple of three fundraising activities during the year. Of course, we're going to talk about the coolest dog contest in a minute. But uh, one of our longstanding events is a Kiwanis barbecue that we have each year. Uh, it's going to be at May 12th this year. It's at lunch. It's on the lawn of the First Presbyterian Church uptown. And this will be our 44th year doing it. And we call it 44th annual. We did have one asterisk with that. We had one COVID year we mm -hmm. had to skip. Mm -hmm. But other than I that, think everybody gets a pass on that. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> but we're, it's just bluegrass band on the lawn, the first press, and people are eating barbecue. Uh, you know, so it's just a really fun event. So when I first moved to Charlotte years ago, I was coming as a consumer, so to speak. I was just one of the customers that would buy tickets, and and who knows, you know, years later I'd be involved. They sucked in you right in. They yeah. sucked you right in. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the camp. I thought that was interesting to get kids out of the Charlotte area and get them to the mountains. Uh, and I'm guessing for a lot of kids, that might never be an opportunity otherwise. That's correct. And what's the value of that for them? Well, it, it's... We have testimonials for young people that have gone through this program. In many cases, they go one year, and then they come back the next year, and then the next year, and then eventually they're a camp counselor. And and so there are, you know, many cases this ends up being a life-changing event for them. So yeah. they're able to go to this camp. They're put in the middle of the, the mix with the other attendees at the camp, and, and it is uh, really something that's rewarding and beneficial for these young people. And we work through uh, First Presbyterian Church, actually has the overall mission. And so our program works to be able to raise money to support kids. So last year we were able to send approximately 20 kids to camp through the scholarships that we raise. So we're really excited about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I've long said, and I say with other uh, charitable organizations and works, uh, which is that uh, if we want, I'm a limited government guy, and so if we want government to do less, well, then we as members of the community have to right. do more. 
It's very much a you know de Tocqueville kind of philosophy with civic organizations. So I appreciate the work that you guys do, um, uh, all of those events. But also, uh, this is well, it's not really for the dogs, right? I mean, because honestly, the coolest dog is not going to even know that they've been named the coolest dog. Let's be honest. Uh, so we we are talking about this coolest dog in Charlotte contest. Mark has been very quiet up until now, but I suspect he's going to have a lot to say about this because this is his baby. Uh, this this contest, which is kicking off tomorrow. By the way, you can get more information at the website, charlotte-kiwanis.org. That's K-I-W-A-N-I-S, charlotte-kiwanis.org. We are joined by the president of the Kiwanis Club of Charlotte, Mike Griffith, as well as Mark Peppelman. He is in charge of this Coolest Dog Contest. We'll have more with both of them in a minute. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. Pete Callender here. And I'm joined by Mike Griffith. He is the president of the Charlotte Kiwanis Club. And Mark Peppelman, he is uh, a member of the Kiwanis Club. And he is in charge of determining who the coolest dog... Is it who or what? Anyway, the, the coolest dog in Charlotte is. This is a contest Kiwanis Club is running. So, Mark, uh, tell us, can you be bought as a judge? No, I'm kidding. Uh, who, <laughs> how'd you come up with the idea and what is the idea here? Sure, Pete. First, thanks so much for having us. Sure. We're really excited about this contest. And I actually moved here from Columbus, Ohio, and I was involved in a similar contest up there. And it was just a wonderful experience for everybody involved. People love their dogs. So so that's where the idea came from. And, you know, as we talked earlier, Kiwanis is a global organization. And there's, you know, quite a bit of collaboration between clubs around the country and around the world. And so... So this idea really came from our, our friends up in Columbus. You call it collaboration, but it sounds like you may have stolen the idea. Well, that too, but they're okay. They're okay with us. They're all right it. with it. So uh, the big kickoff is actually tomorrow, and as I understand it, dogs really love breweries. So, I mean, I see them all the time at the brewery. So this is going to be at the Protagonist Brewery, uh, Southside Drive in Charlotte. It is tomorrow night at 6.30 is the kickoff. So first, uh, I guess, uh, if anybody wants to get details, right, go to the uh, the Charlotte Kiwanis Club website. That's charlotte-kiwanis.org. And what will they find there regarding the details? Tell people how they can enter their dog. Sure. As far as the contest, when you go to the Charlotte Kiwanis website, right at the homepage, you're going to see a link to the dog contest. So go there and um, you register your dog online for the event. And all it is is a $10 donation um, to, to the Kiwanis organization. And you actually upload a picture of your dog. And just the dog, as I understand. Just the dog, no people. Right. Is that good? Do people get try? They try to get tricky and put themselves in the pictures to make their dog look more attractive or something or well, cooler. Well, I, I do have the ability to, to approve entrance, <laughs> so if anybody uh, cheats, I can I can kick them off. But anyway, every, actually, everybody's been really good about it. We actually have twenty two dogs that are registered, so registration is open right now. So you can you can take a picture of your dog and upload it. But uh, you have about a paragraph of text that you can use to promote your dog along with the picture, and that's it. Um, $10, and you're up and running, and you're in the contest. All right, so how does a dog and its owner win this contest? Right, right. So it's all about voting for your dog, and $1 equals one vote. So all you need to do is once you have your dog up there, of course you can make a donation yourself, and we encourage you to do that. But it's really the power of social media and networking and just sending out emails out and promoting your dog and your, on your social media. It's amazing. When we did this in Columbus, we were, we were amazed and surprised by how, how it caught on. And because at the end of the day, it is a fundraiser, right? And, but it's for fun, too. 
because you're promoting your dog, and people love their dog. Yes, and uh, dog pictures go viral. Cute dog pictures go viral. People love looking at that stuff. It's a good palate cleanse on your timeline when you're scrolling through your social media. Oh, look at this. It's a cute dog. So I can literally buy an election is what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So $1 equals one vote. All right. And they do that same place, right? Charlotte-Kiwanis.org. So what do uh, what do you get except uh, bragging rights here besides the bragging rights? Yeah. So here's where the win-win-win really comes in and what, what I think really makes the contest really special. So... So we're partnering actually with two breweries in town, and you know we want to promote them. We're doing our kickoff event at the protagonist tomorrow evening. Um, but in addition to that, uh, the winner gets their picture, a picture of their dog, featured on a special brew from the Pilot Brewing Company out on Central Avenue, and they focus on small batches of beer. So it's a pretty big deal, right, to have your dog featured on its own can of beer. That is pretty cool. All right, so that's the first place. Um, you also get, do they have to attend ribbon cuttings after this? Well, um, if asked, right, well, they may need to make some special appearances. And, you know, it, it's all in fun, right? Sure. So if we get the opportunity to showcase the dog and, and, and spread them around the community, at the end of the day, it's all about the Kiwanis and the work that we do. So, so yeah, there may be some of that, a few pictures and so on and so forth. And if unable to fulfill the duties of this non-existent honorary office, there's a, what, the second place uh, the vice. That's the listing, right. right? They That's... would they would step in to cut the ribbons. Absolutely, absolutely. And all ten of our top dogs get featured on the backside of the beer can. So even if you don't win it, you know you're still a contender, and um, so your picture will be on the back of that can as well. All right. So you mentioned Protagonist Brewery. You also mentioned Pilot Brewing, but you've also got some other partners. Tell us who's helping with the event. Yeah, so again, another really cool part of this is we're working with the corporate community and, and especially organizations that are in some way, shape, or form are, are supportive of, of dogs. And, and, and so the first and our, our largest sponsor is Tyler 2 Construction, wonderful construction company here in Charlotte on the south side of town. But they, they do major projects all around the city. And if you look at their logo, it's a wonderful picture of a dog. So, you know, dogs are important to them. And, you know, most dog lovers, you have some special story about about your dog and how they've helped you in your life. And and Tyler Two Construction is really, really um, just incredibly supportive and and uh, values dogs. But in addition to them, uh, of course yourselves. Thank you so much for for your time today and letting us come in and talk about the contest. But we've also got Queen City Canine, and they're a um, a dog boarder as well as a dog trainer, and they too have been very supportive for us in this and. Last, well, two more organizations I want to I want to acknowledge. So Skip Town has given us some I- items to uh, pass out tomorrow night at our grand opening, and Skip Town is um, pretty well known. But uh, another organization here in town that you can bring your dog to, you can have a cocktail, and and they do all kinds of things related to dogs. And and last but not least, I want to uh, do a shout out to CMAC Charlotte Me- Mecklenburg Animal Control. They just do great work out there placing dogs and finding homes for them. Uh, but they're also involved in our event. They're going to be there tomorrow night, and you can get IDs for your dogs and learn more about the work that they do. So all of this is a fundraiser, and it's being used to raise money for literacy programs, right, which I think is really, really important now, particularly because of the lockdowns that kind of shut down the, the barbecue um, and, and everything else. 
but especially with the schools and the kids now with this learning loss. Correct. That's right. And, and literacy is an area of focus for Kiwanis, but uh, even more so today, we felt this was the area of focus for our fundraising efforts here. We've supported some organizations already that have helped in that regard, but we've made nominal contributions to them. So we hope with this, we can be more significant uh, partners with them to be able to help this program even more. And if people want to get involved, you are always looking for new members. That's correct. Well, recruitment is the key to this. The more members we have, the more children we can help. And you can go to our website, uh, charlotte-kiwanis.org, to sign up, and we'll, somebody will reach back out to you from there. And just uh, one of our mission statements here that our international president uses as a coin here is that our job is to bring smiles to children's faces. So if you have a mission to want to be involved with that and work with some great people, Kiwanis is the organization for you. I will be there tomorrow night as well. Hope to see you guys there as well. Uh, if you're listening to this and you have an interest, or your dog does, uh, it is tomorrow. Thursday, the 23rd, 6.30 p.m. at the Protagonist Brewery. The uh, entries are being um, accepted for one month, right? All month long, and then the grand event or the, the grand finale will be a month from now uh, where the coolest dog is announced. So go to the website, charlotte-kiwanis.org. Thank you guys for coming in. I appreciate it. Thank you uh, so much. Thanks, Pete. Right. We appreciate it. Um, all right, so along the lines of uh, what Mike and Mark were talking about from Kiwanis, um. Civic organizations and this uh, this spirit of service, and I mentioned it, and I've mentioned it, you know, many times in different ways over the years. Uh, which is, as a limited government guy, I want more people to be more involved in the civic organizations and doing things from a civic perspective and service perspective. Because the more we do as individuals, the less need, quote unquote, there is for government to start intervening and filling the gaps. Right. When you identify a gap in services or needs or something, then the natural tendency is to kind of turn and, and media helps sort of advance this uh, is to go and run to a lawmaker for that local area and ask that lawmaker to, quote, do something. And even with the best of intentions, right, that lawmaker then sees the need or the gap and says, OK, well, we can do something with, you know, taxpayer funds, with government interventions but in so doing, they fill that space and they have a, they have sort of a crowd out effect. And what that does is it robs us, the individuals, the members of the community, it robs us of that opportunity to serve. And this is it's along the lines of, you know, the, the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. You hear this a lot when really bad things happen to good people. And there is sort of embedded a lot of times in that question there's a there's an accusation against god that's that's at the core of that i think right there is this 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 seeking or a demand for an explanation for a reason why did this thing how did god let this thing happen right and i'll never forget i did an interview years and years ago when pope john paul ii was uh was in uh, the end stages of his life. He had Parkinson's, but he was still doing public appearances and people would, would ask, you know, why, why is he still doing all of these things when he's obviously infirmed and he's, he's, he's old, he's very ill. And uh, I believe it was the Bishop of the Charlotte diocese at the time that I interviewed. And he said, it's through suffering that others are called to serve. That's, 
when you see this stuff and, and you see people going through these challenges, that's what's supposed to inspire us to go and help other people. And that's what civic organizations do. They identify a large problem, a small problem, whatever it is, they, they identify it. And as de Tocqueville talked about, they band together, they create a civic organization, they either fix the problem and then disband or find a new mission, find a new target for their energies, right? Or it's an ongoing mission and they persist, much as Kiwanis does, right? That's, that's part of what used to be, and I suspect still is for a lot of Americans, sort of part of our, our national identity, the banding together into civic organizations and, yes, religious organizations to address needs, to address gaps. I came across a piece written by a former U.S. Air Force nuclear weapons officer, a guy by the name of Ed Warren, and uh, he wrote this piece at Persuasion.com. And uh, I have it. Let's see. What is his bio here? Well, I guess I got rid of the bio. Well, yeah, I did. Well, it's just former U.S. Air Force nuclear weapons officer. And he talked about growing up, and I think his mom was, if not a homeschooler, but darn near close, uh, uh, close to being one. But he says she instilled in him simple, practical uh, sets of values that he was taught every day. And those values where work hard, take personal responsibility for your actions, contribute to your community, and treat others with respect. I've heard this also referred to in sort of the same lines of uh, the Protestant work ethic, although I think the Catholics also have a similar <laughs> work ethic. I mean, I think other religions do as well. But that's what this, this idea that if you work hard, play by the rules, right, you'll be rewarded, you'll get ahead, you'll have success, you'll have a fulfilled life. And service is part of that. Over the next couple of decades, he says his journey took him into communities with vastly different political views. Evangelical Christians, working class progressives, military service members, tech startup professionals. They held views with which I often disagreed. Yet they shared the same substantive values that my parents had taught me. And by all participating in the same challenges and same joys of everyday life. Right? We all share these things, and you don't realize it a lot of times until some tragedy or illness um, affects you. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, there's an entire population of people that share these same challenges, right? And you get plugged in. Um, these ideas, the challenges and joys of everyday life, these different communities naturally converge on a common value system. They all put in long hours to get ahead in their jobs. They all strove to give something back to their communities. They were all generally kind to their colleagues and neighbors. This pragmatic virtue was our common creed. It is the unheralded day-to-day -day behavior of regular people that can help to guide us beyond our current cycle of exhausting ideological squabbles. He talks about how when he was in college that he struggled to reconcile his faith with his analytical education. And he said he made a painful break with Christianity and my religious community, and I adopted many of the liberal political views of academia. 
when I was commissioned into the Air Force in 2008, I, find my, I found myself as one of the more liberal service members in a conservative organization. His fellow officers would routinely call this out. They would refer to him as a pinko commie liberal because he was a big fan of Obama. He was an outspoken opponent of the don't ask, don't tell policy. But I thought this was interesting. He said he did not interpret that label as an irreverent, uh, or sorry, he interpreted it as an irreverent form of inclusion. It was an implicit recognition that our different political views were only peripheral characteristics. They were not central to our common identity as service members. And this was reinforced daily by our shared and all-consuming commitment to military service and the unifying value system that came with it. The Air Force formalized these values as integrity first, service before self, excellence in all we do. And then he went to work in the private sector. (laughs) All right, I got a request actually from uh, a caller who asked me to repeat the four things. And I did not know what that meant. And then I read through, again, my highlights of the piece by Ed Warren, a former U.S. Air Force nuclear weapons officer writing at Persuasion.com. And then I uh, found the four things, which are, number one, these are the the practical set of values that his parents taught him and what he believes most people live by, at least throughout his life experience. The four things, work hard, take personal responsibility for your actions, Contribute to your community and treat others with respect. I feel like I I feel like I got those same lessons too. Those are my values as well. Well, I mean, except for the working hard part. I mean, come on, I work in radio. You think this is work? This is not work. No. All right, all right. No, I do. I work hard. The response personal responsibility. And if dad's listening, he's going to get a chuckle out of this because when I went to uh, the, you know, when you go from junior high to high school, they do the orientation. You show up there with your parent and uh, they, you know, they take you through the different classrooms, show you where everything is. And, um, and one of the teachers there had the words responsibility and maturity written on the chalkboard. And every time I would ever mess up, <laughs> dad would always go because he, 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 he abbreviated it down to R&M. R&M, Peter, R&M. That's what he would say. Responsibility and maturity. It sort of, it sticks in my head to this day. So uh, this fella, Ed Warren, he uh, gets out of the Air Force. He begins his career in the private sector, working at a clean tech startup. He's in New England. And uh, he said it was innovative, collaborative, hard-charging, unapologetically results-oriented people. He loved it there. He said everybody shared a dedication to the company's mission and to universal pragmatic values. But in 2015, I sensed that kind-hearted reasonableness was losing ground to fervent ideology. And of course, here comes, yeah, here comes the mention of Donald Trump rising to power on a platform of defiant populism. Remember, this is an Obama guy. He liked Obama. He voted for Obama while he was in the Air Force, right? But he says it resonated with Republican primary voters, but was far from the kind of behavior that most people would tolerate from their own neighbors. Then he says he started a graduate school dual uh, degree program. And uh, the students, they were, this was Dartmouth and Harvard, right? A dual degree program from two Ivy League schools. He says the students in those classes tended to come from wealthier backgrounds and to have progressive inclinations. This passionate subset of students believed that the sins of America's past necessitated 
an unsparing and wholesale reinvention of America's core tenets. It was fashionable among them to condemn an ethos of hard work and personal responsibility as evidence of white supremacy culture or to declare that the American dream was dead. He said, I understood the sentiments behind this movement. America has catastrophically failed to live out its ideals on many fronts, and fully appreciating the lasting effects of these failures is key to achieving progress. But this ideology aired by viewing pragmatic American virtue as the driver of America's worst transgressions, when in fact, American virtue is the bulwark against it. That's how America fixes itself. It's because of the American virtue. To purport that those who still clung to traditional values and behaviors needed to be defeated or at least re-educated, that's a declaration of hostility towards average Americans who saw themselves as decent people just trying to get by. The net effect of the movement was to leave the average person feeling morally condemned. Right? He had kids in his class, and I assume he was older than most of these other students, right, because he was in the Air Force and then got out, worked in business, and then started this degree program. And he had students, stop me if this sounds familiar, he had students, uh, fellow students in his classrooms, uh, talking about Trump supporters, calling them all sexist, or, or at best, that they've been duped, right? There could not be any other explanation in their minds. And during one class... He pushed back on that idea. He said, maybe this is misguided to generalize all Trump supporters as sexist, dumb, or racist. Maybe, maybe they're just fed up with the endless wars whose damages disproportionately fell on them. Or, or maybe the economic losses of the Great Recession. They've not been regained and that the well-paying jobs they once had were now lost to automation and globalization, that might hack some of them off. They might have some legitimate grievances here, right? Or maybe illegal immigration represented an economic threat to Americans without the fancy college degrees that all of these kids in the class were trying to attain, right? Maybe there's just something to some of these grievances. Some of this feeling that they're being condemned. We'll pick it up there. We'll do some news first. Uh-huh. 